Boys, ladies and gents, we're ready to rock and roll on another episode of the Business Bros. And for those of you in the healthcare space, especially if you're going to in-home care, then you're going to want to check out this episode because we got some stuff that you might want to learn. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. Look, a business can give you everything you want in life. Prestige, wealth, freedom. It can also take everything away from you. This show is for those who are willing to take that risk. These are the real life stories of entrepreneurs. But before we start, I have one small favor to ask. Please leave a comment. It could be advice, critiques, tips, feedback, or share this with someone because your engagement is the most valuable and most powerful form of social currency. So thank you, and welcome to another episode of Business Bros. Hi, ladies and gents. Today's episode is all about home health care and the impact it has on our society. We have a special guest joining us who is a seasoned expert in this field with over 25 years of experience and, uh, and a mission to empower home health care aides. Our guest is dedicated, dedicated to fighting, uh, sorry, dedicated to fighting for fair play, for fair pay and better working conditions for the unsung heroes of the medical field. They won a presidential tribute of excellence award and trained over 4,000 students to date. So let's welcome to the show the CEO and director of Home Health Aid Training Institute, Miss Maria Santiago. Just like that, Maria, we get the party started. I love it. Welcome to the show. <laughs> welcome and thank you for having me. Yes, it's a good evening. I See, you're so used to being the interviewer. You're ready to welcome me onto your show, right? <laughs> Switching hats. Broadcaster is a broadcaster. It's all right. That means we get to have fun in this thing. All right, let's start off with the basics. Um, you're you've been in this healthcare healthcare space for over 25 years. Um, everybody who gets, I feel, into the healthcare space has some sort of story that kind of brought them there. What's yours? Why did you get into this space in the first place? Growing up with great grandparents, I'm an only child, and I had the honor of growing up with my great grandparents. Um, and I just looked at them age. And when I thought they were young and I was younger, they were actually aging. And I got a chance to care for them and see them through their life's journey all the way towards the end at 96 and uh, 89. And it was, it was quite a journey. And I thought that everyone should have someone at their side that could care for them the way that I was, you know, I had to care for them because they were wonderful folks to me. Um, and I grew up not knowing my dad and having to stay with them since I was two months and I had to give back to them. I was their child. And that was very important to me to ensure that they were well cared for the same way they cared for me so amazingly to bring me to this personal point at this moment. It's amazing how our upbringing shapes the way we end up going in life. I mean, you wanted to be around them a little more. Obviously, with everything, that's what kind of makes life beautiful is we have that limited time, right? So let's Absolutely. talk about your journey. How, how did you end up becoming CEO, director of your organization? And then I know I said it in the intro, but what is your organization? Our organization is a Home Health Aid Training Institute. And what we do is we train 
folks that are interested in becoming caregivers, ones that would like to take their hearts and their kindness and their health and their strength in their youth or even past their youth to care and share love and kindness to seniors and sick people and children as well that would like to have care with them. So what is what is the program like? Why why is it different than other training programs that are out there? You've had 4,000 people come through and launch their careers here. What makes it what makes it so special? So let's go back to the beginning. When I decided that as a child I either wanted to be in home care, I wanted to be a stewardess. Home care seemed to have chosen the part that I had to work. And as I journeyed and came to the United States and looked for a job and hunted through restaurants and through giving volunteer time at Lincoln Hospital in the Bronx and uh, cleaning doctor's offices and working as a cashier, one day I had the opportunity to step out of that cashiering and the security guard offered me a newspaper and he said, Maria, you might just find something in there. And certainly enough, I found my life's journey in there. I went to Partners in Care and started to become a home health aide and took my home health aide um, training in the days when there was a rigid uh, HIV uh, pandemic. I cared for everyone that I could have cared for. There was never a scare or, a, uh, you know, any kind of prejudice. I worked throughout every patient that I had to care for, as I was called, and enjoyed doing it. And then I got promoted to be a coordinator, then a supervisor, went back to Hostess Community College, then became a director. Um, and the journey continued. And to each step, God just handed me another directive. It was like I was playing Monopoly. Go to this point. Here's the newspaper. Maybe you'll find something in it. I became a coordinator. Here's the daily news. Uh, what are you looking for? I'm looking for a job. Became a director. And my ladder's directions just kept moving on. And God just kept on promoting me. I love the perspective that you have on that, by the way, because a lot of times people pray or wish for certain things in life. And then they get hit with struggle. And, and I, I always go back to the same perspective. Nobody's going to give you anything. They're going to give you the opportunity to become that individual that you're going to become in the long run. But it comes with different problems that you have to solve. And every step of the way in your life, you keep saying it was, you know, it was a blessing. It was a guide. But it was a problem at the, t at the time that you had to solve. And in learning to solve that problem, you became and, and gathered new skills that got you to that next level. Would you... Would you Say that's a fair description of what you were doing? I would say that once one understands the journey that they're embarking on, they will respect the positions that they have to walk to become the person that they are, to get the strength. Um, to, when you look at a tree, it, it starts off very little. And as you, as you look at the bark of the tree, when it's in its full flowing form, it's a very strong tree and it's encompassed and it's, it's tall and it's magnificent and it grows and it sheds, you know, fruits or leaves or shade. And so I learned over the course of time that my journey was well-directed by God and to each step, there are times that I have to say, I felt like I was you know, my knees were buckling and I was on the cross, but I always looked up and say, oh God, you didn't cry when he was on a cross. I don't want to be the one crying. And I just <laughs> kept, you know, fulfilling 
fulfilling each journey with all the strength that I could possibly um, wean. So I would not, I, 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 I just wanted to make sure that if this was the path that I had been chosen for, that I would be a hero and I would just work towards making it the best, smile every day and just conquer every moment. Did you decide to start this uh, this training institute yourself or was it something that uh, you kind of worked your way up into? So because of the many positions that I held in home care and again, giving me that opportunity to serve different people in different populations and different arenas, uh, I would often have to go in and assist folks in caring. This is how you turn. This is how you position. She doesn't necessarily have a headache. Maybe she's getting a stroke. And so I found myself teaching a lot more inside of the journeys and inside of the different perspective of jobs that I've held. And so I decided, you know what? I wanted to carry through the legacy of sharing the understanding of how to care and how to care well and how to care not just with kindness and, and love, but to understand the logistics of how care is carried out. Yeah, that is not always the easiest thing to learn in a book. You kind of have to be there and, and kind of develop that bedside manner, develop the the way that you speak to clients to help uh, kind of see different things because uh, the books are great and then a lot of it is theory and, and, and you learn a ton. But until you're there physically with your clients on a regular basis, you don't really know what you don't know, right? You absolutely don't. And being a home health aide or 83 hours, you have to start off with being having a high school diploma or an ATB, uh, you know, test that you take. And there are 12 units that gives you the basics. And then there are eight units that gives you all the logistics of the transfers and the, and the equipment that you're going to use. And then there's eight hours of training hands-on and an assisted living. And as you journey through that assisted living, you know, we work very closely with a wonderful, um, our assisted living, it's called Amber Court. And we go in there and we help clients get dressed and help them get showered and help them eat and spoon feed them if we have to and play games with them and assist with their five ADLs. And our nurses, you know, are able to supervise and ensure that we're staying inside of the compliance of the Board of Education. So when someone graduates from our Home Health Aid Training Institute, they're well graduated. We also give our students a lifetime membership. So that means they can come back anytime. They can stay longer and it's at no extra cost. That's a, that's first of all, from the continuing education standpoint, that's a great benefit to have with, with your Institute. And I was writing down um, that we are currently going through an aging population. I, I remember reading some stat a while ago that said something like 10,000 people are, are hitting the age of 65 every single day for like the next 10 years or something like that. So you're kind of lined up in a in a really good timing for more and more home health aids necessities. I think the medical field, especially in a post-COVID world, is looking for people that can come to the home and, and, and create care. You know, it used to be back in the day you would call the doctor and the doctor would come over. And then we got in this habit of going to the doctor's office. And now I think we're back to getting some of that in-home care. Now, 
what about the conditions for work? Because I, you know, I know some doctors and some in the medical field put in 12 or 24 hour shifts. What's it like for a homemade person coming to the home? What kind of schedule or, or professional uh, setup do they, can they expect? They basically have to have a mindset that once they walk into a patient's home, it's their professional venue and they have to treat that venue as not of their home, but as of a client's domain and respect that and be ready to care for any type of diagnosis. Once you have agreed and you've taken a client and you're in their home, Whatever the size, shape, fashion, or diagnosis, you must give your full heart's content to care. And work That's, with what you have. Yeah, yeah, because you're right. I mean, you never know what kind of ailments or, or things that are going to happen. It could be something as simple as a fall. It could be something uh, worse like a stroke or, or you know, heart attack, that sort of thing. So you're there to maintain a lot of the – to be there in case something major like that happens – but a lot of it is, is I feel the way you're describing it is very education-based. This is what you should be eating. This is what you should be drinking. This is the times that you should be taking medications. Uh, is that, that's kind of the day-to-day -day stuff, right? Well, I would soften that should what you should be doing because I always say one of the purposes of staying at home is that you can have that freedom to not feel well but to have the freedom to sleep and wake up when you feel like. Um, if you didn't want ginger soup, maybe you can ask for some carrot soup instead. If you didn't want to look at television and you wanted to listen to music, you can do that. The client definitely calls the shots of how they feel if they have, of course, the opportunity, and I'm going to use that word in parentheses, some clients with dementia do not have that liberty to do so. And so the, the caregiver would step in and, give care according to her care plan and according to the client's desire and safety. Safety is very important. Um, and so, again, being in a home requires a lot of momentum and they have to stay within a certain realm. You just can't plug on your phones because you want to listen to music and not pay attention to client. You can't go into their refrigerators any size. I like orange juice. So I'm just going to take some of your orange juice tonight. Now you walk with your own food and you charge your phones before you get in and you wear appropriate uniforms or as the clients deem necessary. And you wash your hands and you take your, um, your paper towels and your toilet paper and your blood pressure kit. And, um, you stay within the confines of, the client's privacy. You don't go snooping around in the closets or just touching things and you take your garbage out when you're leaving. And that's how we train our aides. So let me ask you about the industry as, as a whole. You know, we, we, I kind of mentioned how we, we went from in-home care to going to the doctor back to in-home home care but I'm kind of looking at this from the outside looking in. How do you see the home healthcare industry evolving uh, from, from where it is today to the, to the future? So there, that's a two-part question because a lot of family members are so busy, they cannot quite care for their family members. And it hurts when you get older and when you get your senior level, which is one of the things I'm working on right now, having our own documentary on when seniors meets uh, students from abroad, but people love to stay in their homes. Um, and so 
Yes, you find a lot of uh, family members are moving out of state, out of their, have grown um, out of the space that they grew up in and they want to travel and do other things and they have different interests. And so their parents are left alone, left alone until, God forbid, uh, they either broke a hip or they can't see or something has gone left and then they have to now entertain home care. And so I feel home care is going to be a very, very long journey into every single century of care. And I feel that people ought to be prepared. It's like when you're leaving your master list of your um, last will and testament, you ought to decide what are you going to do for your home care and, and, and what's going to be. And you have to write it out and you have to make that decision. Not, you know, similar to having a proxy um, written, but just spell out what your home care needs would be. And so you can have that opportunity if life dealt, you know, gives you that hand of no dementia, no Parkinson's, um, and also having your children or your next of kin or whomever is the person that uh, is making that decision at the end of the day, who's left to make that decision makes that wise decision for you. That's a, that's a kind of a scary thought and a beautiful thought all in the same one, right? Where you, you know that the end is near um, or you, I mean, let's face it, the end is near for all of us. We don't know when it's going to happen, but it's around the corner. So hopefully we do get to the point where we can, we can think about this, uh, this uh, long-term care type stuff. Um, and I kind of wanted to bring it back to the aid worker. Um, you know, you mentioned how you train them to be in the home a certain way to keep that professionalism, uh, to to be able to to offer a service uh, that that is high quality, essentially. But what about the the pay for some of these health aid workers? Are you know they're working long hours, and it's not always in the easiest conditions, especially when they're going into somebody else's domain. What should they be looking out for? Or is there a place where they can go so that they're getting kind of that fair pay and, and getting the conditions that, that they can expect as employees? Well, I've been on the team of Fair Pay for Home Care. It is an organization that um, we have formatted to ensure that home caregivers are not just treated as, um, you know, just care for you. I'm going to come in and clean your home and I'm going to be just leaving after that. Home care workers are coming in to care for your health. And it's a very delicate, personal. I often say to people, when you cannot use your hands to take it either to your mouth or behind your back, then that is a serious thing when someone has to come in and assist you. And so home care workers are very much in a different pay scale as it is. And we're working diligently on taking that pay scale that they so warrant to have in the right directive. Because, um, you know, when you look at the other franchises around and you look at the pay that they're getting versus the care that we're giving, we feel that home care workers should be dedicated, not just to private hire that people can pay them $25, $30 an hour or even 40 or $50 an hour, depends on the care and level that they are concentrating on. Um, but when you look at the Medicaid pay rate, I think we should have a raise and home care workers should be dedicated to a great pricing. And, um, on, and they, should be, they should be respected for the attributes of the purpose that they serve on earth. 
So right now, if I'm hearing you correctly, the services that you're being that you're offering are going through a Medicare plan. So you have caps and limits as to what these employees are being paid for based on state funding. Am I hearing you correctly? That's part of the course. Yes, absolutely. And we're uh, speaking to the governor to ask her to keep an eye on us and make sure that we can be in her budget to raise that pay that home health aides are receiving across the board, not just in New York, but across the, across our states. And so if we can manage and maintain that form, I think that would be great for home care workers. It would attract more people to want to work. Um, I mean, I often say, you know, you do things because you want to do it. But at the end of the day, we do have bills. We do have mortgages. We do have car notes. We have to take ourselves from one place to the other. We'd like to see our kids in college. And we just don't want to, um, as much as we want to give care, we want to be able to give it in a substantial financial um, exchange, so to say. Well, yeah, you're taking care of somebody who's you know, loved one here. You're doing a, a great service for your community. And uh, at the end of the day, the healthcare industry does get handsomely paid when you go into the private sector. Um, might as well be all the way around. I think that totally makes sense. It's going to entice you to have more students. So let me ask you about your, your Presidential Tribute Excellence Award that you won. What is it and, and what does it mean to you? Why is it so, uh, so important to you? You know, oftentimes as you journey along the world, you, me specifically, I, I like to share, I like to laugh, I like to give, I don't want to see anyone feeling or wanting that I cannot share anything that I have and uh, show, I feel like everyone that would, that comes into the doors of the Home Health Aid Training Institute was this time to be in our path. And so... I've cared and looked at everyone coming and meet everyone that comes into our doors. I, I want to make sure that as you're trained, you're trained well. And as you leave the field, you can care and carry out that dream that you have to care. And so when I was chosen to get that award, when I initially got the information, I said to myself, this must be uh, the presidential award. Me? Okay. Not that I didn't feel that I deserved it, but I was like, wow. Someone felt strong enough that they put my name in this box of awards. And it was a good feeling. It was nice. I, I like President Biden. I was happy to see his signature and my name on the same piece of paper. I was happy that the human services decided that I would be a good person to receive that award. And as I continue my journey, it gives me extra essence and strength to know that I'm appreciated. Well, you trained over 4,000 people to date, so you got to be doing something right. You're giving them the opportunity to grow as individuals, to have a career that that has pride in it, right? Essentially, anytime you're giving care or you're able to donate time and things like that, they bring joy into your life. So I got a question from a business standpoint. How did you get to the point where you've trained over 4,000 students over time? I mean, there's a lot of people who start a business and they can't, they can't get to the 4,000 client marker. And then you, you've, you've been able to do that. What's your secret? So a lot of word of mouth, um, with the exception of, of course, we, we do some social media and we're getting better at the social media uh, perspective at the moment, but each one told one and we just, you know, wanted to empower people and 
everyone telling someone we run a day, evening, and night classes. Um, and then we run a Saturday and Sunday class. And we did not stop training throughout COVID. Um, we actually turned out a lot of members throughout the COVID period. A lot of people came in through our doors. And it was almost like there was not a pandemic in our office. And we thank God for that. We were able to empower a lot of people and empower them correctly and make sure that everyone came in. We did not do any um, Zooms. People came in. Uh, we had our offices you know, very much sanitized um, after every classroom. And um, we just trained and trained and trained and trained. And that's it. That's how you keep yeah. going one at a time. One yes. person has a great experience. They're going to share it. That's the power of a referral. I mean, it, it, nothing's yes. better than word of mouth, to be honest. Um, yes. How do you see the role of technology playing in the home healthcare industry? I mean, you, you said you didn't do any trainings on Zoom. Everybody kept coming in. Um, but technology is drastically changing. A lot of things are always feel like like every time I blink, there's like a new iPhone or some new technology coming out. How's that affecting your industry? So I say to people all the time when I get questioned on that note, when we care, we care with live in the now people. And so we can look at Zoom when we can understand how to articulate, but not until you've had hands on um, touching and feeling and caring and smiling and sharing. Do you truly understand the notes of caring? And um, it's you, you definitely cannot just go on an, a podcast and say, okay, Mrs. Jones, I know you're not feeling good today. So what we're going to do, we're going to take the, you know, your needles out. We're going <laughs> to, um, you know, imagine that you had a headache and, and, and see what we can do for that remotely. And at the end of the day, you just can't. Mrs. Jones would want care, personal care, hands-on care. I definitely could not change your underwear from no New technology York. has all kinds of great powerful things but unless you can teleport back and forth so that you can actually put your hand on somebody's forehead or yes. you know or at least you know be there to 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 see whatever is symptomatically pulse. happening yeah take a pulse it's not uh, it's not going to be a, a great resource but uh, let me other. ask you this yeah let me ask you this we're running low on time and I want to make sure people are aware of what you have to offer. So if you could leave our listeners with some advice, maybe they're interested in getting involved in home health care. Maybe they're, they want to get started at some point. How can they reach out to you? What can they expect when they do so? They can reach out to us. They can expect to get a fair understanding of what the classes are. They can uh, look at our HHATI.com. They can book an appointment. I'll be happy to reach them. And I, I would like to say to the people out there, check out the people that's around you. See who do you think needs care and start practicing, start understanding, get into a school, um, learn how to care. So should you be able uh, should you be the one called to duty, you would be able to understand, you would have some more compassion um, to care because people need compassion. Today's Valentine's Day and you look at everybody in a great mood and their hearts out there. Every day is Valentine's Day. Every day is love day. So care for someone. Check us out, hjjti.com and come to our school. You have fun. It's always good to have an education 
what's the time frame like? So, it, it, let's, you know, I got a, a bunch of kids at, at the high school that I teach at that are going through the medical pathway. They're going to graduate high school. They're going to have a little bit of a knowledge of what it takes to either go the doctor route, the nurse route, whatever it's going to be. So if you have a kid that graduates high school and they're looking to get into home health care, what's that path look like for them? I do, as an employment specialist, I do go to the high schools and preach to the kids that it's a good idea to start caring as I started caring from a child because it gives you that love and it, it opens up that kindness towards caring and and kindness and, and, and compassion for people and respect for seniors. Seniors deserve respect. And if they, you can set us a home health aid, set us a home health aid, volunteer in your neighborhood, sit with your folks when they're going to church and you're sitting uh, and wanting to do something else to make a difference in the world. It gives you a different perspective. It keeps your heart in place. And of course, as you grow older and you make a decision in the medical field, be it a doctor, a nurse, a scientist, anything in the medical field, physical therapist, um, a rehabilitation center, even a director, um, a programmer of, of, of IT for, for home care, you'll find it very sustaining and you'll enjoy that path. It's wonderful and truly is a good thing to do for God and for the world. One of uh one of uh, one of my favorite movies that I like to watch is called uh, Patch Adams with Robin Williams, and he's he kind of when you're expressing right now in the love that it takes to to be in the medical field to give that care, that's how that that's how he describes it in the movie. It's just it's love, like it, it's you connecting with somebody else. Sometimes you're not going to be able to cure the ailment. Sometimes you're not able to take away the pain that they're going through. But to be there to support somebody, to maybe put a smile on their face or just hold their hand, that can make the biggest difference in the world for a lot of people. And I feel like, you know, listening to you today, that's part of and maybe even the core of what you're teaching your students. Besides all the technical aspects of what goes on in the human body, it's also about, you know, what you're giving from from inside, from right here, from your heart. And uh, I want to thank you, uh, Maria, for coming on the show today. Let me give you the floor. Any final thoughts before we head out? I often say to people, there is one hole that you came in and one hole that you're going out. Everything else is a joke. Be very aware of care. <laughs> I love that. That's a great line right there. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you guys are interested, you're in the New York area, you want to learn a little bit more about being in the home health care industry, make sure you guys check out our website. It's H-H-A-T-I. That stands for Home Health Aid traininginstitute.com make sure you guys check it out and you can follow them on social as well at home health aid institute with the underscore at the end check out what they're doing what they're fighting for they're trying to get uh, a fair pay for a lot of the employees in that particular space especially if you're working in the medicare space um but if you need training on how to do things again there's a lot of love coming from this institute so make sure you guys check it out hhati.com maria thank you very much for being on the program today Ladies and gentlemen, we'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace. And we're Peace. out. Thank it's you for having me. Go home. Is your business in need of marketing? Try starting a podcast. But not just any podcast. Podcast like a pro. We can show you how to take your business from being invisible to becoming a brand people trust. Go to www.businessbros.biz to get started today.